the series is called It Never Fails. It Never Fails. And so the goal of this series, uh, my heart is, is to help you and I, okay, all of us to examine and improve our spiritual health by living from the inside out. Many times we live from the outside in, and the successful life is lived from the inside out. And, and you'll know more about that as we get through the series. So I want to help you recognize the importance for all of us of being able to live from the inside out, of having a healthy heart, amen, and the impact of that upon our spiritual health. Many times we don't think about whether we're healthy spiritual, spiritually. Many times we just, we, we just well, I read my Bible, I go to church, like we do the, the quote, spiritual things, but we don't necessarily take time to take a pulse and see, am I being healthy spiritually? Am I spiritually healthy? And you can be healthy or not healthy. There's both of those that are available in our life to be healthy or not healthy. Amen. And so we need to keep a pulse on that, just like you and I should be determining in our lives fleshly of whether we should be walking in health or not, right? That's something we should do. We don't all do that, right? Uh, but we should so that why? So that we take care of what God's given us. But we know that a healthy life, a healthy spiritual life, being healthy in life, if we'll do that and be healthy, then what happens for us is that means that we're more effective. In other words, this is about bearing fruit in our life. And I'm going to get to it, and you'll be able to see that. So Jesus said that our heart is similar to a field for his truth to be planted in. He describes the fruit that comes from the seed as evidence that God is working in our life. It's a simple but profound reality that God provides the seed and the power that makes it bear fruit, but we provide the healthy soil. If the seed cannot survive the soil, the chance to live a life where God is actively working becomes minimal. If the seed can't survive the soil. See, the word of God is a seed and it's incorruptible. In other words, the problem will never be in the word of God. And if, the, 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 uh, if, if it's not producing what you need it to do, like you read scriptures or you read the Bible and you say, but Pastor Rob, that's not working for me or that's not producing in me, then the problem isn't God and the problem isn't his word. What we have to do is say, let me begin to look at the soil that the word of God is planted in to decide is it being planted in good soil. And there's one thing that never fails to create a fertile heart that causes God's seed to thrive in our life, and that is walking in love. It's gonna be the very foundational truth of your life and my life, and it, it will impact the condition of our heart to be able to provide or be good soil for the word of God to be sown into. And so that's why we have titled this series, It Never Fails. So go with me to Mark chapter four, Mark chapter 4, and let's read. It says in verse 1, it says, And again he began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him. So they got into the boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables and said to him them in his teaching, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, 
And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell upon thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on the good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then he goes on and explains the parable. Verse 13, it says, and he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things, entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. So that's going to be one of our texts. And I encourage you, it's in all... Uh, uh, it's in three uh, of the Gospels, and, and I encourage you to go back and look at that and read it as you're reading about love, but read about the parable of the sower and get that down into your heart because it is such a powerful truth for our life. So the number one thing for today that I want you to understand is that healthy things grow and they produce fruit. Healthy things grow and they produce fruit. It, it is a, just a simple understanding, it's a simple truth, and it applies both spiritually and naturally. Healthy things grow and they produce fruit. So the, one of the things that I look at in my life is, is there any fruit in my life? Or what is the fruit of my life? What is my life producing? And is it producing the fruit that God desires. Not is it just producing, because your life is always going to produce something, right? But is my life producing the fruit that God desires? Am I producing the fruit that I've been designed to produce? The Bible says every tree produces after its own kind. So you are not just a general seed, or, 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 or a, a place for, for the word of God goes in, but there is fruit that needs to come out of your life, and that fruit is not just a general fruit, but there's also specific things that God's called you to do that he wants to be produced through your life. So we have to understand that healthy things grow. In Luke chapter 6, verse 43, you can jump over there real quick, give you guys a a chance to, to stay up with me, to tell me I go too fast all the time. So, for a good tree, listen to what it says, for a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree 
bear good fruit. Now think about that statement. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. It says, for every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth what? Good. Not natural, not just natural good. We're talking about spiritual good. And there is a difference. We say it all the time. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Right? We say that. The goodness of God leads people to repentance. The problem is sometimes we misunderstand our definition for good compared to God's definition for good. All right? So it says a good man out of, the, out of where? The good treasure of his what? Heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his what? His heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. One of the number one places that you can examine your fruit is by what comes out of your mouth. It's by what you say. And if what comes out of your mouth does not line up with Scripture, I'm not, just, I'm not talking about that you can't have a conversation and, and talk about, you know, football or, you know, something like that. You don't have to attach a scripture. You know, he got a touchdown, you know, and, you know, God always causes us to triumph. You, you don't have to attach all that, you know, in, in that place. But my point is, though, is that if you are speaking things that are contrary to the word of God, then that tells you what's on the inside of you. So if you're critical by nature, you know, that's why, don't get worried about people who criticize. There's always going to be critics. You know, we have them all the time online. We have people who want to chime in and criticize what you do. Well, that, all that does is reveal what's in their heart. Right? So a healthy thing or... Our, our healthy tree produces good fruit. So in our life, healthy things grow. Galatians 5.22 gives us the fruit of the Spirit. Love, patience, peace, you know, all the fruit of the Spirit. We have that available in Galatians 5. And it says, listen, if you go and read up the verse ahead, it says these are the works of the flesh, right? And then it goes down and says these are the fruit of the Spirit. So just read those two verses and see what's coming out of your mouth and then whatever's coming your mouth is what's being sown into your life and therefore it's what's producing. So it's not okay to just say whatever you want to say. It's not okay to do that. I mean, it's your choice. I'm just telling you, you're going to reap the words of your mouth. Our words are life. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. And with our, 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 our mouth, the, James talks about the, the untamable tongue. And so it's important that we put those two together because what will happen is, is we'll think that, that we have a healthy heart, but yet what comes of our, out of our mouth contradicts that. You, you see what I'm saying? Anybody can look healthy on Sunday morning or when they're around certain people, right? We all agree with that? It's easy to do that. 
You ever, you know, looked at a, a fruit and on the outside it may still look okay and you, you cut it open and it's starting to get brown or, you know, it's, it's not necessarily healthy on the inside. This is not, that's why we live from the inside out. And so many times we're focused on our appearance to others, which we have uh, on Sunday morning more than I think any other time is guarded. Nothing's wrong. I'm good. I'm, I'm a great Christian. Or on the inside we know we're not, but I don't want anybody else to know, although they already do, but, but I, I don't think they do. You know what I'm saying? We get in that whole mindset of trying to be spiritual and look spiritual instead of just dealing with it and being honest and saying, you know what? I got some stuff in here that I'm not happy with and I need to deal with it because my life won't grow. I won't mature. When we're talking about grow, growth doesn't happen just because of time. Time itself does not produce growth. Time itself gives opportunity for growth. But growth comes because it's intentional or a byproduct of being healthy. See, an apple tree doesn't work and say, I'm going to produce some apples and, and work at it. An apple tree just produces apples if it's healthy. Are you, are you tracking with me here? And sometimes we're so focused on trying to look like we're producing and it's taking so much effort and so much energy and we get frustrated and disappointed and disillusioned in things because it's not necessarily working. Well, I tried that. I tried, you know, giving or I, I tried praying or I tried this faith thing or I tried. And, 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 and listen, the Bible says you are the light of the world. You don't have to try. If you'll just be a healthy Christian, you'll shine. You are the salt of the earth. If you'll just be a healthy Christian, you'll be salty in a good way. But, but, but you understand what I'm saying? In other words, sometimes we're trying to produce something that we're created to produce without God's help because we refuse to deal with the heart. The second thing is, is that the condition of your heart or soil determines the fruitfulness of God's word. And I'm not going to preach the parable today. We're going to do that on another Sunday. But he talks about different types of soil, and he talks about the one that's, that's just on the wayside, and, and, it's, and it's hard, and it goes out, and the enemy comes immediately to steal that seed and keep somebody even from believing in Jesus Christ. The enemy comes immediately and tries to steal because there's no understanding there. And then the other one is the one that, hey, man, that was a great word, pastor. That was a great message. But yet, three days later, the very message that I just preached, we're not walking in because we didn't have any root. I'm not fussing at you. I'm just, can, can we just be real? Right? I've been there. I've done it. And so it's the one who receives the word with gladness, but they don't take time to let that word get down and roots begin to form in their life. It's all shallow. So that when persecution comes, when challenge comes, when, when the heat of this world comes, right, then it withers away and it doesn't produce anything. And the problem wasn't that the word doesn't work. 
The seed worked. It just didn't have anywhere to put any roots down because the soil wasn't good enough. And then it talks about the one that the soil is there, but it's surrounded by thorns. And it says the seed goes in and it begins to germinate, begins to grow, but the cares of life. Not persecution, not the heat, just I'm caring about other things other than what's been put in me. The cares of life, the deceitfulness of riches. What is that? It means that I'm looking to my riches more than I'm looking to the word. My confidence is in something that there's nothing wrong with having it, but I'm, I'm more focused on that than I am what God's put in me. Right? The Bible doesn't say you have to be poor to be spiritual. So poverty or wealth are not spiritual indicators. We like to say that sometimes in the faith arena. Well, if you're a person of faith, then you're blessed. Well, you are blessed. But, but poverty is relative. It's a mindset more than it is a, 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 an amount of money. Amen. I, I don't want to get off on that. But my point is, is that my trust isn't in that either way. I don't trust in riches, and I don't trust in the lack of it, and let them determine who I am. I've got to make sure that I'm looking to the Word of God. And then the third one is, is the cares, I mean, the cares, the deceitfulness of riches and pleasures, the pleasures of life. God doesn't care that you enjoy life, but you can enjoy life more than you put your eyes on the gospel. And when the the pleasures of life begin to override the gospel in your life and the mandate on your life, then there's a problem. So just briefly, those are the soil. And then the other one, it falls what? On good ground. Solid ground, and it produces some 30, some 60, and some 100. So everybody's fruit can be a little bit different. I believe there's different capacities and things in people just like the talents, there's capacities. The main thing is, is am I producing fruit with the word of God? Am I letting spiritual fruit be a byproduct of my life? I read to you out of six, Luke chapter 6, verse 43, about a, a good man out of what the good treasure of his heart brings forth good fruit. The good treasure of his heart brings forth good fruit. That's, am I healthy so I've got to look out of the good treasure, what's coming out of my life, what's the fruit of my life. Proverbs 4.23, the Bible says to keep your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. Any life issue that you have, you'll always be able to trace it back to the condition of your heart. You'll always, it'll always come back to your heart. And I'm not saying that you can't have a heart that loves God but still is, is, is hurting or going through something. I'm not saying that your heart's just going to be perfect just because you know Jesus. What I want you to understand is that through walking in love and his love towards you, it actually begins to change the heart. And that can take time. That isn't always instant. It's almost never instant. And it's a process. But I have to recognize. And it's real interesting because when I sit down or I talk to people, if I begin 
to put my finger on something in them, like spiritually, put my finger on it and begin to touch it with the word of God, if their hearts, if their hearts hurting or broken or, you know, it's, it's hard, you can tell based on how they receive the word that's spoken. I, I can sense it even standing on this platform in any crowd that I'm with, any group of people, I can tell the condition of what's going on by how the word is received or not. So in our heart, we have to choose. Are we going to have a heart that bears fruit? Are we, we've got to realize that out of that heart, out of the inner part of me, my heart, which when you're born again, you have a recreated spirit. And your spirit is perfect. It's not lacking anything. Right? But out of your heart, which part of that, part of that, that he's talking about is, is connected to your will, your emotions. It's part of your soul. Because when you're hurting, you're, it's not your physical heart that's hurting. Most of the time, there's a brokenness in your soul. There's something more that's going on, and it's connected. And so in our life, we've got to be willing to take inventory of what's going on and what's on the inside of us and make sure that we're investing the right things and we're allowing God to transform and to change us from the inside out. The Bible says in Romans, don't be conformed to this world, which is an outward pressure, but be transformed, which is an inward transformation by the renewing of your mind. We renew our mind to the Word of God, but it's not just an informational renewing. It's a renewing that actually goes deep down on the inside of us and where we actually take hold of it. My faith center is not my mind. My faith center is my inner man. I can agree with the word, amen, but faith takes hold from the inside. It, and that's where I take hold of it. The Bible says they heard the word and they didn't mix it with faith. So the Bible says they heard it, so that means it came through here, but there was no mixture somewhere with faith. That's why the condition of your heart determines the fruitfulness of the word because the fruitfulness of the word is all predicated upon your faith in it. And if you don't believe the word, you won't do it. And if you won't do it, it won't produce. It's not in knowing the word only here. It's in believing the word and then acting on it. That's where the fruitfulness comes. That's how I grow. That's how I mature in that. And then the last point is that love has the power to transform your heart and make it fertile ground. And that's over in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. And then it talks about love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is long-suffering, right? And we go through all of the things about love. And then at the, the end in verse 8, it says, and love never fails. Love will never fail you. God's love never fails. It never comes up short. It never fails. So receiving his love to your life, into your life, right? Knowing that you're loved by God, it begins there because the Bible says he loved us first. So it begins with God loving me, but then the Bible says that love as a born-again child of God has been poured out in me 
in my spirit, in my inner man. That love has been poured out in me on the inside. And then my life is supposed to be lived by letting that love that's been poured out in here, letting it flow out. And it's a decision, not a feeling. It's a choice. I choose to love. You know that song, I, love, I lost that love and feeling. Well, that's not true. You just chose not to walk in love. It's a will or won't. Always is, always will be. I'm choosing to walk in love. And the Bible says in Proverbs 4.23 that we're to what? To guard our heart. We're to keep and guard our heart. Why? Because that is the epicenter. That's, a, that, that's, where, that's where we can get offended. That's where we get uh, hurt by people. That's where, where sin can begin to take root in our life. It's because in our heart we've made a decision. We can make mistakes and we can do sin and make those mistakes, but then there's those that it gets down on the inside and they choose to live a life of sin. They get caught up in that. That, that, that temptation, you know, begins and we begin to meditate on that. We begin to give place to that in our life. And then before you know it, you begin to act on it. You, you see what I'm saying? So I want to encourage you. We have to guard our heart and keep our heart. Um, the Bible says because out of it flows the issues of life. Now, now, let me just mention this. The devil is after your heart. He wants your heart. Because he knows if he can grip your heart, then he affects every other area of your life. That's why I've been so adamant about speaking against fear over what's going on around us. I did never say that we're not going to be cautious or we're not going to do what we need to do. I just said don't let fear overcome your life. Why? Because fear doesn't come from God. And that fear grips your heart. And then all of a sudden, everything in your life is tainted by that spirit of fear. And so when we look at our heart and say, you know what? I'm going to begin to take an inventory or I'm going to take a look at my heart and I begin to make some changes and make some choices and decisions concerning my heart so that my heart can be right before the Lord. And the good part is, as far as when we do that and we continue to move towards that, amen, then what happens is, is that allows God just to continue to work and operate and move in our life and soften that ground. God doesn't wait for you to have a perfect ground, if you will, on the inside before you get saved, right? The Bible says he's given every man the measure of faith. He's given us all an opportunity. Bible says we're without excuse. It, it comes down to a choice. That conviction comes and it's a choice. But the heart and the adjustment in our life is a transformation that takes place over time as we renew our mind to the Word of God. And we, 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 we put on that new man, the Bible says. And we begin to choose the Word of God and, and choose life and choose uh, to be obedient. And that happens through the love walk. That's why the two greatest commandments in the Bible are to love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor. That's why the two greatest commandments are a love walk 
And all you got to do is just turn on the news, look outside the doors, talk to a couple of people, and, and see that that is being challenged more now than ever. In the body of Christ, forget the world. They're not going to walk in love with you. They can't. I'm talking about the body. I'm talking about Christians. And now more than ever, we need to make sure that our heart is right so that it can produce the fruit that it needs to produce. Amen. That's what God wants in your life. He wants you to produce fruit. And you can. That's the good news is you can. And you say, but Pastor Rob, I'm too hurt. No, you're not too hurt for the love of God. But, 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 but Brother Rob, you know, I, I, I'm too this or I'm too that or I don't deserve. Listen, you didn't deserve it when he died for you because he died before any of you were born. So it isn't about deserve. You're not to anything. It's literally a choice to say, you know what? I'm going to open my heart and I'm going to let God in and I'm going to let him begin to change. And again, it's a process. doesn't happen overnight. What the importance is is that I have the process going and I'm letting God work. Amen. Because he loves you. He loves you so much, every one of you. Jesus died for you. He didn't just do, he died for the world, but he died for every person. He knows you by name. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows all of that. He knows you personally. So he died for you because he loves you. You're loved. I realize sometimes that's not easy, especially if you've been through stuff. We've all been through stuff, but it doesn't change the truth of it. Amen.